It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.06 on a Saturday morning. is Lawn and Garden, my friends. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do. I can give you excuses for what you don't want to do. I can tell you what to do about nuisance wildlife control. I'm prime for nuisance wildlife control because I taught two classes this past week and had all my slides and all my traps and equipment and methods of dealing with uh, nuisance vertebrate animals, and so I had a good time talking to the Master Gardeners about that. I can talk a little bit about gardening outside in the cold and tell you what I did this week in the garden. And if you have a question about what you should be doing, 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750 gets you in right now, right early, right first in the morning. So what did I do this week? I pruned my ornamental grasses. And I did it because I saw how badly pruned other ornamental grasses were in other landscapes in my neighborhood. And I think you know, okay, the, what ornamental grasses do we have? We got pompous grass, everybody knows that, with the big white plumes. Um, maybe maiden grass, fountain grass, uh, two or three more, I guess, that are out there used as ornamental grasses. And every one of them is a, um, uh, for lack of a better word, a deciduous grass. It may be perennial, they come back every year, but during the wintertime, all the leaves and stems freeze and you have to cut them off, right? So the time to cut them off is right about now, just as the very first warm weather comes of spring, because you want to do the pruning before the little green sprouts at the bottom come up. Makes sense. Get it done before the green sprouts come up and you hurt them. Except the thing that I'm noticing that landscapers are doing is rounding over the top. In other words, it makes a little round mound in the landscape when they finish doing their pruning of the pompous grass or the maiden grass or the fountain grass or the muley grass or whatever they're, they're pruning, rounding over the top. And that is the wrong thing to do. I'll tell you why. If you round over the top, what you're actually doing to the plant, to the crown of the plant, to the part of the plant that's in the ground, is you're shading the center with more stems and leaves and things that are left on the plant in the center than you are on the edges. And what do you think happens when that shading happens in the center of the plant? It means that the center of the plant gets less light, and that means there's less stimulus for it to sprout, and that means that the center of the grass plant becomes hollow with no growth in there. Also, there's a lot more debris, there's more dead stems and dead leaves and junk and gunk and stuff that's in there that um, inhibits sprouting as well. And so if you prune by rounding over the top of these ornamental grasses for more than just a couple of years, what happens is you have a hollowness. The, 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 the plant looks like a donut is what it looks like, a donut, where the outside of the grass is green and nice, and the inside of the grass clump is hollow, has very little growth going in there. The way to prune an ornamental grass is to prune it low and prune it flat. Prune it low and prune it flat. And so different grasses might be a different height when low is, is said. So for pompous grass, let's see. 
going about 10 to 12 inches. Sort of depends on how old the clump is and how tough it is, you know. So 10 to 12 inches is about right for pompous grass. For my maiden grass, which is the one that has a nice little feathery uh, brown plumes on it, that would go down to about 4 to 6 inches maybe. And then after I prune each of these clumps and have taken the debris away, I take a gloved hand and go in and try to remove all of the dead stems and dead leaves and dead things in the center so I can get as much stimulation to keep that center alive and sprouting and looking green, looking good, so that it looks good when the when the springtime comes. And one of the things, by the way, that that <clears throat> that you um, are faced with when you're pruning a grass is there. Pompous grass in particular is sharp. I mean, those little leaf edges of the pompous grass, even with their brown, are sharper little razor razor blades. And so the way to prune that I have found that works well for at least pompous grass is to get a rope and go around the grass clump a couple of times and cinch it up really tight and pull all those stems and everything up vertically, upright, tight to the bottom so that you can get in there with either clippers or I've used chainsaws before. I have a battery-operated garden trimmer, hedge trimmer that I use sometimes to prune grasses. But whatever you can do, try to avoid getting those grass blades on your hands or particularly in your eyes. It might be a good idea to put a pair of safety glasses on your eyes because the uh, the blades can cut you. They'll make you bleed. They're so sharp. Maybe cinch up the, the, um, the stems as best you can. And then a weed whacker even could be used, hedge trimmer, chainsaw, whatever you got. Cut it down. Cut it low and cut it flat. Let that center get some light, and the grass will look a lot better. Um, when do you fertilize? Not now. It's not doing its vigorous growth now. But when the new sprouts are up about 10 or 12 inches in the spring, put some fertilizer on it, and that grass will boom out of the ground. It'll have a pretty nice big clump of green grass. And then hopefully during the summer and fall, you'll get the plumes on the pompous grass and the nice feathery uh, flowers, I guess, flower heads you call it, on the maiden grass and, and the uh, fountain grass and the other grasses that you have. But it all goes back to what you do in the winter, the pruning of the grass, low and flat. All right, everybody got that low and flat. Now, one I got all sorts of things to talk about. We'll talk about other things a little bit later. First, we start the morning with our friend down in Griffin, Georgia, our friend Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Nicole, I'm not hearing Nicole here. Well, let's put this on hold right there. You go there, Nicole. That's all right, Miss Nicole. How are you? You talking to yourself? Well, I, I had the slider down, so I couldn't hear you. So I pushed you back up again, and there you were. How about that? How can uh, I help? The, the king and queen. When are they going to come on the market? The king and the queen, uh, Penicetum, the the um, pretty grasses. Both grass. That was a, you had prince and princess, and the king and the queen. I'm not sure what Nicole I think is referring to. Is there new ornamental grasses? The, these are millets, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Nicole? Is it millet that's the king and the queen and the prince and the princess? I think so because the the white the blade is not very white and yeah. it's really dark, dark. Yeah, yeah dark, so purple, yeah. pretty, 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 pretty. Who knows? <laughs> you want the right answer? Who knows? If, if you go to uh, the uh, garden, uh, Friends of the Garden, yeah. UG, it is there's a trial for them. It's been it's been a trial. I keep asking. When are they going to be on the market? And he said, 
Don't know. Don't know. Same answer as me. What Nicole is referring to is there's a big experimental garden right next to the Griffin Experiment Station, and this garden is open to the public. Anybody can wander through there and see what's going on, and they have various plants that are being trialed there. And so the public gets to go, like Nicole went through and saw these particularly pretty grasses named the king and the queen, and I know there was the prince and the princess that were released a couple, three years ago now. But they are trialed throughout the state of Georgia, and then if they do well, then they're released to propagators and you know seed folks to get the seed and grow them up and put them in a nursery so you can buy them. But I don't know when the king and the queen are coming. I don't know. Did uh, did you know on Monday they had the uh, inauguration of, of the food thing on the UGA campus? That big, let's uh, it's not food safety, but it's part of the whole food safety building yeah. stuff down there. But it's also a uh, food innovation sort of place where you can go and do experimental kind of development of foodstuffs from Georgia products and things like that, too. Yes, marketing, yeah. um, try to keep our food as long as we get right, processing. Right, right. Keep it those, safe. Those, that's why those four big uh, glass uh, greenhouses I was telling you last week, those are... That's the purpose of them. Of oh, them. really? $3.1 billion. What are they going to do in the greenhouse that has to do with food then? Oh, I couldn't tell you because they didn't tell us on Monday because I would have <laughs> went. But I need to go to see more information because they have this old building. <laughs> you are my contact down there, Nicole. If you don't find it out, I don't know anything. So. Uh, they didn't tell us. They didn't invite us. Uh -huh. But uh, it's, I, I bet it's open to the public so we can go and get more information. Yeah. This is the way of the future. Try to get our food uh, last longer by uh, trial and... Trial and how you treat it, how yes. you preserve it, how you freeze it or can it or vacuum pack it or some of the plastic wrapping they used to wrap around the meat and vegetables. is That is one of the really unseen and unacknowledged triumphs of science, really, in the last 10, 15 years maybe, is making different plastic wraps around your vegetables so that they breathe very, very slowly, but it's just enough so the gases trapped inside don't cause the vegetable to rot. And you don't know it, but that is what's happening with wrappings around broccoli and um, other things that are plastic wrapped usually in the grocery stores. They're made to breathe just a little bit. Because they had to pick them early so they yeah. can be shipped for a long way. And I bet the farmer market's going to... Uh, be so happy about that because they come from everywhere at the yeah. farmer market in, in Forest Park, you know. But they need after that to uh, experiment how long they're going to keep it. Hmm. You know, you say Forest Park, and I need to acknowledge someone, Nicole, and this is just a very personal note that I will mention here. But my friend Madge Kirk, who was the secretary in the extension office in Clayton County, uh, passed away a week, or, week or two now ago. And I got word and was sad that I couldn't go to the funeral because it was the same day that I got word that she had passed. But she lived there in Forest Park. When you said Forest Park, it reminded me. And one of the things that's remarkable about Madge was that she had a St. Augustine grass lawn before anybody else anywhere had St. Augustine grass. And I was still young and inexperienced. And I would say to someone who asked, I would say, oh, no, no, we can't grow St. Augustine here in, in Clayton County. It's just too cold in the wintertime. It won't work. And Madge would hear me, and she would just laugh at last. She would just cackle. She'd say, i got to say Augustine Grass Lawn. What are you talking about, you fool? So she 
influenced me a great deal. She pretty well sized me up when I walked in the office the first day and decided she might could make something of me. <laughs> so some of my some of my success of being an extension agent and working in the radio like I do now is due to what Madge Kirk did for me, which was to be the most perfect public servant you could imagine. She's the face of the Clayton County Extension Office for the many years she worked there. And the first person people saw when they walked in the door was Madge Kirk. And she was there to greet, hello, how are you? Can I help you find something you need? Can I get you to the uh, horticulture agent? Or can I do something else? And so that is why I have a uh, sort of a, a dedication to public services because of the example of Madge Kirk, my friend in Clayton County. It's because we always have to hang around people older than us. They can guide us and be our leader, and we learn. We don't learn from younger people. You need to hang out with older people. I didn't realize at the time what a leader she was, how she led me and led the whole office of people who theoretically were her superiors. We you know, had degrees in horticulture and home economics and stuff like that, but the person who really led us was Madge. Oh, was she, Mr. Reed? Ooh, 80-some, Bob, I'm thinking. 80-something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Great woman. Well, anyway, speaking of great women, Nicole, I refer to you as well as a great woman, but I have to leave because we've got to do another break here. But it's wonderful talking to you. Enjoy your day. We'll see you soon. It's 618. We'll be back after this. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's 30.3 degrees right now. It's going to go up into the very low 50s today, 51 or 52 degrees. Tomorrow, slightly warming, 58, 59 perhaps. Clear skies, sunny skies throughout the day. So a nice day to go out and garden. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Marcy is down in Fayetteville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Marcy, good morning. Hi, Walter. Good morning. Um, we live in a house. We moved in here about 10 years ago. Uh -huh. And at the time, though, they had some blueberry bushes that were already very mature. Yeah. And just produced thousands of blueberries. They're about right. three clumped together. And just over the years, now I'm not exaggerating. They're over 10 feet tall. Ooh, nice. We have to get on ladders. <laughs> it, and when I, think of, when I think about pruning them, of course, it's in the summer, you know, when yeah. we're out there because it's yeah. off, you know, off away from the house. And and then, I, you know, I looked it up, of course, it says the pruning in the winter. But everything I've seen talks about smaller bushes going in, taking out the bigger branches from the base. Well, the branches at the base are huge. They're really thick. And I just feel like it needs to, I just don't, I don't want to hurt it because it's such a, you know, they, it, it's yeah, such a Yeah, you don't producer. want to miss those blueberries. But, You're thinking, yeah, hmm. I mean, it's, we freeze so many, I mean, it's a wonderful, so I don't want to hurt it. But I really don't know how to go about pruning it. Despite your qualms and hesitations, you got to do what the what the books and your references have said. You look at the base of each blueberry plant, and there are some branches that come out of the ground that look young and vigorous, and some that look sort of old and gnarly and wrinkly, like me. And so you take away, and you don't have to take them all the way to the ground. You can go up two, maybe even three feet and make your cut there. But the older branches are the ones that are less likely to give you the big, full blueberries that you want. So you have to, what's called reinvigorate, rejuvenate, I guess is the right word. 
the uh, the branches in the blueberry plant. And if you take away those older ones, they're the ones that are up 10 feet high usually. And if they're the tall ones, then it brings the height of the shrub down to closer to six feet maybe, where you can reach easily and get the blueberries from, from those branches. Okay, because uh, so many are so big. It just is, I guess I don't want to take out too many. Like how many is too many? I'm not sure how to. Well, you know. Because it's without you seeing it, but well, my husband wants to prune. He wants to take the whole. He wants to cut it all down. Oh, every husband wants to do that. Come on, (laughs) it's just the way of the testosterone fevered man. Um, Don't 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 only take out branches. Don't cut off the top or anything. Right? You Don't don't shear off the top. No, you take off an individual tall trunk, for lack of a better word, you take off individual trunks, which then takes away some of the height by removing that whole big uh, trunk with branches that are associated with it. And it's fine with me to go out before he gets the chainsaw cranked up and take a piece of red ribbon and you know wrap it around various stems that you think would be appropriate, the oldest ones, and say, honey, this is the only one to take out. This one will get, take this height, this limb, this branch, this branch, and it'll all look a lot better and shorter if you just take this one out. So okay. Get us- so don't touch. Don't touch the foliage. I mean, you know, the the tips or the sides. Just no. the bait. No, because the tips and the sides they're where all the new growth is going to come, and that's where the flowers right. and the blueberries are going to be born. And if he goes out there with a hedge trimmer and trims the whole thing, ooh, you'll get half or a quarter maybe of the th- blueberries you expect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, we Super end right now. Obviously, right now is yeah. the time. The man needs supervision, and I expect you to provide it for him, Marcy. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll take care of it. Thanks for calling. Tell him I said hello. I will. All Thank right. you. We'll All see right. you. Bye-bye. Uh, many marital problems I could solve at this show. If you have a question about your garden or your marriage, either one, 404-872-0750. Questions about cedar trees, uh, planting cherry trees, dormant Bermuda grass, all coming up in the next half hour. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 635 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful. Welcome, my friends. All you have to do is do a dialing right now, 404-872-0750, and you'll be in the same place that Mike in Fayetteville was just a few minutes ago, and here he is on the air. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning, Walter Reeves. Yes, sir. Mike in Fayetteville. What can I do for you, Brother Mike? My question to you is about cedar trees. Yep. I want to landscape my yard and woods with cedar trees mm-hmm. because when I get good and old, that is, <laughs> if the good Lord lets me live to be good and old, yeah. I can look at things that I like to look at. All right. I don't be a, I'm not able to find just regular southern cedar trees. I like Leland cypress, yeah. but that's not what I 
prefer the native cedar trees. Native, yeah. They feed the birds. They get good nesting places for birds. They're relatively easy to transplant. If you do it when they're small, you don't have much problem transplanting them. Don't go around and don't might go say I'm going to get that six foot tall cedar tree and move it over to my yard. They don't do worth a darn. It has to be two to three feet tall max and transplant that, and they catch pretty quickly. And then within four or five years, you're really proud of it. So don't get the big ones, get the small ones. Go along the little fence lines along um, down State 85, down Highway 92, down uh, out 54 maybe, and um, just see a fence line, and if it has a couple of cedar trees, usually there are some growing along the fence line, knock on the door of whoever owns the, the property and say, hey, can I take my shovel out there and get that tree out from under your fence? You want me to do it, don't you? And they say, yeah, go get it. Get it get it out of here. Um, I don't see them much for sale, although one place might to try, if you want to, would be Nearly Native Nursery, the one that's down there on uh, Highway 85 at uh, Brooks Road down State 85, and ask nearly native if they have cedar trees in pots there, if you don't want to go knocking on doors. I would prefer that. Which one? Knocking on uh, doors? Or nearly, <laughs> nearly native. Yeah. I, I, don't prefer, I don't like doing that. Um, um, that's just not my cup of tea. All right. So I'll try the nearly native. Nearly Could native. I go online somewhere maybe and find them? Yeah, I don't. yeah, yeah. They're nearly native nursery. That's their name. And oh. they, as the name implies, have a lot of native plants down there. And Jim Rogers is a real expert on just the whole outdoorsy kind of thing on wild animals and coyotes and bobcats and crazy things you see down in South Fayette County. Well, good. I appreciate your help. And uh, how's mom? Uh, Mama's doing all right. Mama's doing fine, Mike. Thanks for Amen. asking. Amen. Thoughts and prayers go out to her. Thank you, sir. We were there Thursday, my brother Alan and I, and taking care of business and cleaning out some stuff, and she was about the same as she's been for the last three years now. <laughs> you know, that's just the way life is. Bless her heart. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mike. Thanks for the thank call. Thank you. Have a great day, Walter. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye. 38, 38 minutes past the hour. Dan in Ballground joins us. Hey, Dan. Morning. Morning, Walter. Hey, how can I help? Hi. I had a quick question about Bermuda grass. Um, we just purchased a home, and uh, we've got Bermuda grass that's dormant now. It's laid dormant. Yeah. Um, I guess my question is, what's the best way to go about fertilizing it this time of year, you know, since it is cold, and how to really get it to bite in and, yeah. uh, I guess, grow well throughout the spring and summertime? First thing, we do not fertilize when it's dormant. That right. is That is a waste of time and money and probably harmful to the Bermuda grass anyway. So you don't fertilize when it's brown. You only fertilize when it's green and growing rapidly. And your first okay. fertilization, I'm guessing, Dan, would be um, mid to late April. I want to see at least 50%, preferably 80% greened up anything before 50% and you just don't have the roots to absorb the fertilizer. You're, you're fertilizing weeds, basically. So, okay. How about uh, watering and whatnot? You know, all your goal is right now is just to keep the side from drying out. If it was laid dormant, then it, as you can figure out, it suffers greatly a possibility of drying out in a real windy day, real cold weather. And so you just have to go with your own judgment about what it is that would be necessary to keep the side from drying out. 
Okay. And uh, one thing, though, I tell you, you can do that might be very useful, and that would be to put a pre-emergent out, and pre-emergent just prevents weed seeds from germinating, and the most likely place for weed seeds to catch a hold in the lawn is in the seams between the pieces of sod. And right. I have uh, seen a little bit of that uh, kind of, you know, green crabgrass starting yeah, to grow. Yeah. It's probably not crabgrass. It's probably annual bluegrass. That's the winter okay. green weed. But nonetheless, um, you know, it's already sprouted, so the pre-emergent won't help that. But pre-emergent does help to prevent crabgrass and summer annual weeds. And so I don't think really and truly it's time to put the pre-emergent out because we don't do that until things are warmed up enough to stimulate the crabgrass to sprout. And that's not yet. That's going to be into February, probably before things are warmed up just enough in the soil and the air temperatures to make the crabgrass sprout. So even though it's been warm and people have asked me just about every day, when do I put my pre-emergent out? Is it time to put the pre-emergent out because it's been so warm? And mm-hmm. I'm sticking by my guns. I think still the end of February is probably the earliest to put the pre-emergent out, but you can go find that at nurseries and uh, put it in your garage or carport and store it so you have it for when the time comes. Sounds good. All right. Thank you very much. Good luck with it, Don. Thanks for calling. Have a, have a good weekend. You bet. It's 41 minutes past the hour of 6 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Remember our phone number, 404-872-0750. Nancy's out in Clarksville. Nancy joins us. Hey, Nancy. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How can I help? Well, I have the most fabulous strawberries, and they make great big strawberries, but they're great. tart. Yeah. And I just wondered if there's something, I, some additive, something like some nutrient I can put in now, um, or maybe it's too late, to sweeten up that situation. Mm, what was that Sunday school song we used to have? Sunshine, message, sunshine, do, do, do. Well, yeah, sunshine. Well, you can't add anything other than sunshine because that's what a plant eats to make the carbohydrates, which is what a sugar is. And uh-huh. so the way you make a sweet strawberry is not by adding something to the soil, not by liming the soil, not by necessarily putting fertilizer in the soil. It's by making sure it has full, blessed sunshine on and the plant. They do. They do. Now, every once in a while, I'll grab up a sweet one, but mostly they'll make you pucker. Can you believe that? <laughs> Let me ask you another question. Is it possible. This is the case with blueberries, I think, when people complain, oh man, I just got these sour blueberries and it never gets a sweet one on my blind. And I point out that the birds usually have started picking the sweet blueberries at 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And so is it possible that the birds have come and had the best strawberries out of your uh, patch? This this is so abundant, I have to sometimes go out twice a day to pick them. Nice. I mean, it's crazy when they're really coming in. If you want to just experiment with this, okay, it's in full sun, so that's not necessary. But if you want to experiment just a little bit, see if you can find just a piece of, oh, chicken wire or bird netting or something to put over part of the bed. See if you get sweeter strawberries that's underneath the netting than you do the parts that's not underneath the netting. And that'll teach us both something. Well, that's true. Um, uh, How are you fertilizing? Just to check on that, Nancy. I'm not. Let's fertilize. That wouldn't hurt anything because fertilizing produces leaves. It you know, stimulates the plant to produce leaves. And so by more leaves, you've got more sunshine attracting parts of the plant. And so the more sunshine, the more sweet, the more sugar, da-da-da. We know the story already. So, um, yeah, let's fertilize a little bit in there. And there's not a lot of fertilizer needed, but I think if you've never fertilized much before, we need to reform that 
have yeah. it and put a little bit of fertilizer on. Is it okay if the fertilizer hits the leaves, or should I water it down, or how do you do that? I'd water it off. It'll burn holes in the leaves. It doesn't necessarily hurt the plant very much, but... Yeah, it's probably easier just to go out there and spray it off or blow it off or sweep it off or get something off the get the fertilizer greens off the leaves. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Do that when the flowers start or, or just when the weather let's warms see, up? Let's see. Let's see. We still have that same – the same rule applies to every plant. You fertilize when it's rapidly growing. And strawberries are beginning to grow yep. right now. Yep. You've seen yep. yours making little leaves on it right now and yep. spreading out just a little bit. I think now is not a bad time to fertilize. And I would use what? La, 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 la. You know, frankly, I would use, if it's not a huge patch, I would use miracle Grow. Uh-huh. It is a huge patch. All right. Well, then, like, 5 by 5 or 20 by 20 or 200 by 200. Oh, uh, 20 by 20. That's not terrible. <laughs> you can use miracle Grow on it's it. Spray on the miracle Grow. Yeah, but here's the key. I do not want a lot of miracle Grow now because it's just at the beginning of its growth cycle. So uh-huh. whatever the miracle Grow says, if it says a tablespoon to a gallon of water or something like that, right. make it half a tablespoon. Do that now. And when the flowers come on the plant, which would be in about a month or so from now, do it another half tablespoon per gallon. Okay. And do that down the row and fertilize them that way. We don't want to okay. over fertilize too early. Okay, Walter, thank you so much. Looking forward to some shortcake. Yeah, you're going to those shortcake. Get those biscuits made, be ready for it. Get some whipping cream in there <laughs> to put it on top of it, Nancy. It'll That's be nice. Right. That'll All be great. Right. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for calling. Um, bye. Crystal Wheeler. It's Crystal Wheeler. Here she is here. Crystal Wheeler screening our calls again this Saturday morning. Let us give away the weekend prize pack. We have two to give away this weekend. And so Crystal is thinking of a number between two and seven that will determine who wins a pair of tickets to see Andrea Bocelli's Valentine's Day concert. All you spouses thinking of what I can get for your, for your beloved other with the, Atla- <coughs> excuse me, with the Atlanta Symphony on Tuesday, February 14 at the Infinite Energy Arena. Plus a four-pack of tickets to the North Atlanta Home Show, February 10th through 12th at the Infinite Energy Center. Andrea Bocelli for Valentine's Day. This ought to be a good one. Crystal Wheeler, what number are we going to choose our winner with? Caller number? 45. I mean... uh... Uh, (laughs) Two and seven. Between two and seven, Crystal. Seven. All right. The seventh caller. If you dial our contest line, which is 404 741 0750 Seventh caller. This Valentine's Day concert is going to be something good. If you're the seventh caller, you win the prize. Right now it's 647, and we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Living is easy with eyes closed. Misunderstanding all you see. It's getting hard to be someone Well, if you keep your eyes open, you'll get a full weekend forecast in about 10 minutes. First, a weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's 30.2 degrees right now, so let's give that about 21 more. We'll get to the high this afternoon. 51 degrees today, warming up just a little bit tomorrow. 50, mid-50s tomorrow afternoon. Sunny both days, no chance of rain. 
It's warming up just a smidge. The full weekend forecast, as I said, comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. In the next half hour, um, how to get rid of cicada killer wasps. Oh, that's going to make me think about that. How to when to plant English peas. Mm, it's almost time to do that. And Paul in Johns Creek, though, joins us first. Paul, hey, welcome. Good morning. Hey, Paul. Paul, 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 are you listening to the radio or listening to me? Paul. Hey, good morning, Walter. Yeah, baby, what's going on? Oh, just riding up 400 to LJ. Last time I called you, I lost you in the mountains, so I'm getting you before I hit that little hole up there. Speak. Let's do it now, then. I hear you, man. Um, Walter, give me your opinion about the prospects of a cut flower garden operation up in LJ, where I'm moving uh, next year. <clears throat> It's not a bad choice. Uh, it's one that requires a good bit of investment because most people will find a greenhouse will help you protect the flowers from yeah. damage from bugs and weather and things like that. And right. the greenhouse getting it built and getting all the equipment there is going to be mm, several tens of thousands of dollars for you to put out before you sell your first flower. Um, right. And so yeah. the market is really the thing to think about. We think of you know locally grown flowers as being preferable to the ones that are shipped in, but boy, oh boy, you can grow a lot of cut flowers in Colombia and Ecuador and Peru and ship them up to the States pretty fast, pretty quickly, keep them pretty fresh, and they look just as nice as the ones that uh, Paul yeah, makes well, there in LJ. So, Well, that's kind of the crux of it, how fresh can you keep them, because I've read that you know the advantage you have locally is that some of the flowers that are not going to survive the transportation component as well would be your opportunity. Yeah, that may be true, but you have to determine your market first. Who is going to commit to buying Paul's fresh flowers yeah, uh, yeah, over the yeah. ones they get, you know, for you know, ten dollars right. a truckload? Oh, I totally agree and understand that part of it. You know, um, I called you back in the summer when I lost you last time about a tree farming operation. Yeah, I don't know if growing ornamentals um, would be a better uh, use of my time and a, and a better payback than trying to grow flowers. I love the flower component because it's in a downtown area where I own property yeah. and uh, all the merchants and everybody, I could supply them with flowers and I don't know. It's, there's some other reasons I'd like to grow flowers sure. because I, I, I like growing flowers. <laughs> let me let me give you a couple of resources that might be useful before you spend your money, Paul. Um, the University of Georgia College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences in Athens has ag economists on staff, and they do most of their economic work for the big farmers of South Georgia, for the cotton and peanut and pecan folks. But they will be just as happy to serve you as they would someone in South Georgia. And you can call the local LJ County Extension Office and say, you know, who's the ag economics person in Athens that I should talk to about growing ornamentals, growing cut flowers, and ask, you know, get in contact with them and maybe even schedule a yep. visit and go for it for there. Oh, that's awesome because I just met Pratt Cassidy last weekend at a, at a charrette. Yeah. And uh, interacted with 25 of his students from, from that very college. Good, and good, 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 good. They're awesome good. young people and they are so sharp. And uh, they're helping me with some real estate-related things and with the uh, gentrification of downtown LJ in the Harrison Park there. Let me give you somebody else to talk to then, Paul, because now we're good friends. I'll tell you another name to call and uh, ask for her advice. Elizabeth Dean 
is a friend of mine who runs a nursery down in South Fulton County called Wilkerson Mill Gardens. W I L K E R S O N Wilkerson, Wilkerson Mill. Wilkerson, okay. But the way to the way to get in touch with them, this is even easier. Hydrangea dot com. <laughs> That's her website, hydrangea.com. And uh, say Elizabeth or her husband, Gene, they started down there and may still sell uh, cut flowers, some cut flowers, but a lot of cut um, berries and um, you know ornamental kind of things that are greenery Absolute. type yeah. stuff. Yeah. And ask awesome. uh, Elizabeth what her thoughts are on starting a okay. cut flower nursery as well. Right, yeah, maybe I'll be her uh, protege, you know? Yeah, sure, I can, sure, I can sure, do sure, a sure. North Georgia operation for her or something. So. Exactly. Okay, thank you, Walter. That's very helpful. I appreciate it, sir. All right, Paul, drive safely, my friend. We will. Take care. All right, we'll see you soon. Oh, my heavens to Betsy. Again, we're in the next half hour, how to kill cicada killer wasps, how to plant English peas, putting potting soil in containers is another question added to that list. You can join us at 404 872 0750. We'll be back right after news. <laughs> 